It's Inflation Day. The CPI print is out from the US late night tonight, Australia time, and I suspect markets are a bit on edge from that. Certainly equities are well down today, and Fed speakers are out insisting that the long-term outlook is looking okay. So are they saying don't focus on tonight's number because it might not be coming down just yet? Whatever the case, expect a bit of a reaction perhaps today. But on the positive side, could China be back on the road to exporting deflation? You know, like the good old days. Well, not if they keep locking cities down. It's Thursday, the 10th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities are down this morning after a few wobbles towards the end of the session on Tuesday. Well down today. The Nasdaq down 2.5% in the overnight session. The Dow down 2%. All of this at close. The S&P 500 losing 2.1%. All closing at session lows. A big chunk of that is a 5% drop in energy stocks, a 3.1% drop in consumer discretionary. Bitcoin, by the way, a disaster today, down 14% as we're recording this. But it's falling quickly beyond that. It's around the 16,000 mark. Um, Same story for the rest of crypto. Meanwhile, bond yields are falling, not so much in the United States, where 10-year treasuries are down one basis point, but they have been up and down there. But in the UK, 10 years down 10 basis points. German bonds down 11 basis points. The same in France and much of Europe as well, actually. Uh, The US dollar back on the rise, up 0.8% on the DXY. The uh, Aussie this morning falling 1.2%, down to 64.3 US cents. The pound, though, down even more. It lost 1.7%. The euro just 0.6% down and oil down too WTI has lost 3% Brent down 2.5% down to $93 a barrel so I wonder how much of those moves on the US share market is to do with US midterms because not quite the uh, Republican runaway that was expected or how much of it is all of, all of us waiting for that inflation number from the US later today uh, David DeGarris has been watching all of this and he joins us from NAB in London so uh, those midterms I'm good. Those midterms, uh, the Democrats might even hold the Senate. But, I mean, does it really matter? Does it change the complexion in any way? I mean, it's still going to be a bit of a lamed up government, isn't it, for, for two years? I, 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 I think that's right, Phil. Um, I mean, obviously, there seem to be some pretty clear political implications of the result. Mm. I mean, Biden, who's, uh, you know, had a high disapproval rating, wasn't expected, you know, the Democrats weren't expected to, to vote well. Uh, it was expected to be something like a, a red wave. Um, that hasn't transpired. Red ripple, everyone is calling it now. So, yeah. <laughs> red <Yeah>. ripple. <laughs> just just a, a mere yeah. ripple. Um, and, and, of course, uh, you know, Trump's endorsed candidates didn't have a clean sweep no. either. Uh, apart from... Well, it's not really easy endorsed by Trump these days or not. I'm not sure, quite sure. Ron DeSantis in Florida had a what, nearly 20-point mm. win uh, there for the governor's race. So, you know, he's known as Trump 2.0 or Trump with substance by some people. <laughs> and uh, obviously there were some words exchanged from uh, the former president, you know, warning him, warning DeSantis not to run in, you know, if, uh, in the presidential race. So... I think he's a potential winner out of that. This for the markets, as you said, Phil. Uh, equity markets generally like they probably tend to like the more conservative side of politics. You know, lower tax rates and those sorts of things. But it also locks in current fiscal policy, mm. doesn't it? Locks in the status quo. So it's sort of back to uh, looking at the other things that are affecting markets, like. Um, Inflation, for yeah, example. exactly. And uh, so we'll find out tonight, won't we, what that's happening. That's about midnight tonight. Those CPI numbers come out from the US. It's expected to drop a little, 
But what if it doesn't? Because the Cleveland Fed on their inflation uh, now casting page, they're predicting mm. 8.1% for CPI. I think that is a uh, that is a bit of a drop, but uh, on where it was, 6.6% for core CPI. Mm-hmm. But they are above consensus, which is interesting because if you look at their history, they're often, uh, they often fall below consensus. So if they're right, mm. and this is a bit of an upside surprise, even if we see it falling, but we don't see it falling as much as expected, I mean, what's that going to do to, to to shares? What's it going to do to the front-end yields? Yep. What's it going to do to the, the US dollar? It could have a marked impact on all of those, couldn't it? Well, well it, it's going to uh, – the market sort of split between whether the Fed will um, scale back towards 50 in December or whether there would mm. be another 75. So clearly um, another 0.6 makes it more prickly for the Fed, Phil. We did have – John Williams in the New York Fed speaking overnight, and he was clearly recognising, you know, the potential, some potential deflationary forces that are coming down the pipeline. And his yeah. comments came after those um, those Chinese inflation numbers, which we'll get on to in a couple of minutes. But nevertheless, Powell has been uh, very clear in his comments, hasn't he, that he's not going to let up until the job on inflation is done. So. My hunch is that if it's 0.6, um, and there is one more inflation number come out, I think it's the day before the December meeting. That'll be a, that'll be an important one too. But um, it's, it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable for the Fed in a situation where you've got things like used car prices, which are already going down, rents, which are already going down. But the way the CPI is calculated, these things don't flow through straight away. So do you look forward right. or do you look, at the actual inflation numbers, and the market seems to think that he's giving more credence to the um, the actual inflation numbers, given that the economy has been relatively resilient. Yeah, why well, wouldn't you look forward? I don't. I mean, if you know what's coming down the pipeline, or you can you can guess at it. But anyway, cle- I mean, clearly John Williams was there, thinking, well, if this is a bad number. I've got to try and talk it down and say no. Don't worry. Things are, look at the long term picture. That's what he's mm. doing now, and that would that would explain why Arca, Logan, Mester, George. I mean, almost one an hour overnight tonight from the Fed after those numbers have come out. Almost immediately, there's sort of like they're out in force Indeed. to Indeed. say, "Hey, it's whatever Indeed. they are. It's not so bad." They'll just change the numbers in the script, but they'll all have a script to work to, presumably. Well, that, that's that's the way it usually happens that central banks. Uh, look forward, don't they? Mm. Because inflation is almost the last thing to change. If we had a situation where the labour market was showing more cracks in the US and really softening a lot, um, and it was clearer that consumer spending is softening even more than what we've seen, maybe the Fed's prepared to forgive the high inflation numbers for now, given what we know about what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. But I don't know that they're at that point just yet, Phil. Well, two big things that could drive prices down. Uh, one is uh, supplies from China and the other is energy. Let's look at both of those because uh, you mentioned mm. it. Those producer prices down 1.3% year on year. Uh, so could China be deporting deflation if they if those prices were sort of uh, translated to actual exports? That's the problem. We need exports to pick up at those lower prices. And there's the danger, yes. though, isn't there? If exports pick up. Doesn't that mean maybe those producer prices will start to shoot back up again? I mean, it, well, you know. we had what, what you know, decades of China exporting deflation. You know the uh, you know the industrialization yeah. and the uh, acceleration of Chinese economic That's growth. Right. So many jobs manufacturing disappeared. Miracle, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but this time it seems to be because Chinese growth 
is down. And in in case of commodities, China is often a big producer, but also a big consumer. So it's been the lockdowns, it's been which are continuing. Mm. It's the property market, uh, the crisis crises that we've seen. And there was some news overnight that um, there is going to be some more sort of um, bond issuance support for property developers in China. I think that had a bit of a, bit of a flow-on impact onto the market. And there's sort of news there that despite uh, the further lockdowns in uh, Guangzhou, yeah. excuse my terrible Mandarin pronunciation there. Well, I said Gra- um, Guangzhou, however, however, <laughs> however you pronounce it. But yeah, I mean, they are back to... You can't drive cars in the streets or or bikes. Mm. They've got the officials out there roaming in their hazmat suits, uh, and yeah, I think a third part of the city has gone into lockdown now till till the weekend. It's, it's, so. it's strange, isn't it, that we're living on the other side of the world, and it almost but, seems like a, what is going on over a, there? Yeah, they must be sick of it by it, now. Change your vaccine. That's a simple answer, isn't it? Well, but, there, there is there has been some news that they have stepped up their vaccination of older people, right. which is which is positive, and that's been the. They've been underrepresented, have been, you know, mm. un- unvaccinated. So that that is positive. So maybe they're preparing the groundwork for opening up, but it's yeah. incremental at the moment, Phil. So anyway, I mean, hopefully falling prices and greater exports will, will get back to that situation of where we were, where they are starting to uh, spread uh, deflation around the world or less inflation anyway would be nice wouldn't it the other side yeah, of the there, equation there, there's an interesting thing if as long as china stays locked down and doesn't you know reflate its economy and push those commodity prices back up again yeah well that's, that's the problem is that and they need to do that to come this is making the point if the exports pick up we need people at work Indeed. to do that so you know that could uh, change it all around the other way couldn't it uh, we get new one loans as well today which are expected to fall so uh, less investing perhaps not a positive sign either but look what about energy prices then because energy stocks well down today and oil prices have fallen sharply as well and uh, part of that is because oil inventories in the u.s are much higher than expected 3.9 million barrels added to inventories for the week to november the 4th compared to well there was a decline of 3.1 the week before that but the week Mm. before that they built up by 2.6 million so if you take it over three weeks they are 3.4 million up which does suggest softening demand doesn't it which uh you know that that could also soften inflation if it keeps pushing prices down if opec would allow that of course Yes, yes. Well, that's the thing. What What is OPEC's reaction going to be? Mm. And, and we have to be a little bit careful. I mean, oil's been pushing up towards 98 and it sort of looked like it might have got, Back up get to, the 100. to yeah. 100 again. Yeah. Uh, and maybe this is just a bit of a, a correction from that mm. uh, market-wise. Or is it a sign of, um, you know, demand... Uh, peeling off a little bit more. We don't know the answer. We, we don't, don't know the answer to those we, questions, do we? We, we do know uh, that um, Fatia Birol, uh, I almost probably pronounced that wrong as well, uh, the executive director of the IEA, the International Energy Agency, said to Bloomberg yesterday that he thinks OPEC needs to rethink the production cuts, that, that 2 million barrels per day, because it's in sto- it's stoking inflation. It's going to worsen the outlook for oil importing countries. So uh, he's basically saying a big reversal on that decision would help and uh, would be well. For- I don't think I don't think that's going to happen, is it? Yeah, well, no. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice of him but, to say uh, that. Yeah, but but at least um, in time, uh, even at these levels, oil will will be adding a lot less to inflation as we go through next mm. year. Yeah, yeah. Know, given the much higher, we had oil up to what one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel at one stage. 
Yeah. But um, there we go. Well, we can go with it 100. If it's 100 again, if it's 100 now and it's 100 in a year, then that's zero growth. So that's exactly, no inflation. Exactly impact. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly it's, right. Um, so how much higher could it go? Look, uh, let's look closer to home. Michelle Bullock yesterday giving her uh, mealtime speech to the economists, the business, business economists. Was there anything there that wasn't uh, in the? I mean, it's not long since last Friday's statement on monetary policy. I think That's basically right. she was pushing days. the whole yeah the, the whole data dependent line, wasn't she? Really, basically. I pretty much. I think Phil, there wasn't. I don't think people would have expected anything particularly new. Maybe a new angle or something like that. But uh, I think it just reinforces in our mind that um, they're, 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 they've emphasised, you know, keeping the economy on a, on an even keel and. and setting policy along that narrow path. Mm. So, in other words, how much output and and uh, jobs are they willing to sacrifice to get inflation back to target? And as we know from their forecast from last week, inflation is only back to the top of the target band uh, in over two years' time. Yeah. So that might be unsatisfactory for some central banks, but the Reserve Bank's prepared to be flexible and give it time. And that was the pretty much the message it's interesting the the inflation target uh, and the inflation numbers feel because you know as an adjunct to the NAB business survey that we released earlier in the week, um, if you map um, what that says about inflation, suggest and I know it's only the October survey we've got another couple of two more months to go, but it's suggesting that the trim mean in the December quarter is going to be punchy again maybe 1.8 1.9 so that's mm. already suggesting a bit of upside risk again yeah. to the RBA's inflation forecast so the job's not finished not by a long shot she talked about inflation psychology which uh, yes. sounds like a fanta- fascinating degree course in inflation psychology doesn't it uh, but uh, she, I mean in that she's presumably talking about workers demanding more that, that Indeed. Which, which we're not seeing that much of in australia unlike europe where it seems like just about everyone is going on strike you know <laughs> quite across europe well, places, places well, that normally well, for, for, for partial recompense of mm. you know 10 percent inflation yeah. right but it's something that phil Lowe picked up on a few months ago you know it's in, in a fancy way central banks talk about you know being anchoring or, you know, de-anchoring inflationary expectations, the same thing because you could get wages and prices chasing each other to some extent, you know, in the inflation psychology that, well, if prices go up by 5 or 10%, I'll get a 5 or 10% wage rises, businesses will just pass that on and, and so the story goes on. Mm, yeah. Look, don't get sick, by the way, uh, where you are, because I think the nurses are going on. They're the latest ones to go on strike, aren't they, in the UK? They've announced something about that today as well, I think. Uh, so uh, today, the uh, Melbourne Institute's Consumer Inflation Expectations, they're out. Uh, they were 5.4% in October. Uh so what are they? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, I guess, which way they're heading. Of course, they've come well down. They were 6.7% back in June. Yes. Well, I think they would tend to follow the actual inflation numbers, won't they? Right. So <laughs> I don't know that these, 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 these numbers tell us a whole lot more about that other than maybe a little bit more about that inflation psychology story yeah, maybe. That we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What people are expecting to get paid. Maybe it's a better indication of what people are expecting to get paid mm-hmm. rather than uh, the direction inflation is actually going. All right, well, there's that. And then, of course, those inflation numbers for the US, uh, which is just after midnight, I think, uh, Australia time. And the uh, the weekly jobless numbers as well, which have been going down. The jobless claims Indeed. have been going down. Going the wrong say. way. Going the wrong way. Excellent, exactly. So we'll see what they do as well. So an interesting night. Worth staying up a little bit late tonight just for that. Um, I'm sure you're partner will be very
very understanding as you keep the light on tonight. <laughs> well, at the t- I'm on the other side of the world, so, so I won't easy have to for stay you. up at all. It's <laughs> easy for me. Easy for you, Dave, always. Okay, very good. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. Good to talk, Dave. Catch you next time. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. Yeah, let's see what that delivers and also what happens as well with the, the, the latest results from the midterms as well. But that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great day.